This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And y- you notice I changed things up a little bit this week. You did. I think I found my rhythm. I hosted the fast break this week because Sean was out. Okay. And you know how I told you, like, oh, I can't say what's up, what's up to start a podcast? I think I found my groove. Though. You did it. I, I got to just ease into the what's up, what's up. You did, and you did yeah. a really good job I, of doing it. I got to yeah. Stephen A. Smith it when I'm behind the desk. When I'm in your shoes, Brandon, I can go what's up, what's up. But otherwise, I got a what's up, what's up, everybody. That was yeah, good. That was, that was a little bit too quick. I like the way I did it at the beginning. But I found my groove when it comes to the what's up, what's up. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. And that really is a great way to segment into what we're talking about today. Some teams that need to find their groove in college football. Well, and we're talking, you mentioned it. We're going to be looking at the SEC, Georgia, Old Miss. Big matchup coming up. If you're new to the Primetime Podcast, what we like to do or what we're starting to do this year is kind of look to head to matchups and talk about the storylines that are there. We got Georgia Old Miss. We're going to be talking Wisconsin, Michigan State. And then we're going to end the podcast with a kind of two week long segment. We're going to start it this week, though. We got to talk Louisville Clemson, get everyone riled up for the game that's going to happen next week. But we are going to start. You mean in Clemson and the Lamar Jacksons? And the Lamar Jacksons. And the Air Jack. Oh, that was one of the best signs from College Game Day. It was Air Jackson. And it was like a red silhouette of his hurdle, and it said Air Jackson instead of Air Jordan. That's cool. That was one of my favorite college game day signs. I miss game day from this, this week. week. But we're gonna be. Let, let's start with the SEC. A little Georgia Old Miss, and to me, this game is it's interesting only because Old Miss two losses already to start the year. At, even though they have the best quarterback in college football, according to Chad Kelly, and then you've got Georgia who have kind of escaped some games. Should have lost to Nichols State, some people believe. They almost lose last week to Mizzou on the road. They escaped with a one-point victory. And to me, this I want to start with Georgia. This team, to me, we talked about in the preseason, I definitely did in the preview, was who was going to be their starting quarterback. I think they found a guy or at least right now, a guy that they can use in the freshman Jacob Eason. Yeah, they certainly have. And and Jacob Eason, a really good job on the on the final drive to then throw the winning touchdown to win 28-27 over Mizzou, a team that I do not see as very good in the SEC, and I don't think too many other people see them as very good. But I, I think that they played a very good game against Georgia. And Georgia, I think one of the problems with them uh, that I think they're going to have when they go into the game against Ole Miss Mm -hmm. is the fact that they they don't really have a running game. Nick Chubb has really been bottled up, 19 carries, 63 yards outside of that week one performance where he had 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He hasn't been very good. There there haven't been any running lanes for him. The offensive line hasn't been been opening up any holes for him to to get the football going and, and, and get running. Uh, for some big explosive plays, and, and part of that's on Chubb, I think, but part of it's also the offensive line helping him to op- open up uh, some holes, some gaps for him to run through. But Jacob Eason's been really good. He was 29-55 of 55, uh, this past weekend against Mizzou, and he had over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. And he was looking a lot for Isaiah McKenzie, over 120 receiving yards and a pair of scores. 
I think that Jacob Eason is really going to be a big factor in this in this game this weekend because you look at what happened last weekend. Forty eight to forty three was the final score with Alabama and Ole Miss. Now correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was forty eight forty three. Forty eight forty three. Yeah, right. and, and that was that was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. But it was a great game. But what did it show? It was a lot of offense. There at least for the side of Ole Miss. There wasn't a whole lot of running the football. Chad Kelly was the leading rusher with, with 48, 46, 48, 48 yards. I mean, my goodness. And if that's anything how it's going to be this weekend, mm-hmm. the game is back in Mississippi, and it's going to be huge. Ole Miss, two losses on the season. Now, their hopes are pretty much done for a, a playoff spot. Are they, though? Yeah. Are they? Because, I think so. I mean, I think so. We, we talked. We've talked about it a few times on this podcast before. Could this be the year where a two-loss team sneaks in and we, gets into the college football playoff? However, they are in the SEC, which may be harder. I think that's one of the things that's going to be really difficult. Is because you look at you look at the teams that that would have, you know, two losses at the end of the season. Well, Alabama's not losing two games. They may lose one if they're lucky. Well, if other people are lucky, it would be. I I, I think that when you you have to look at the conference too, mm-hmm. and if to you lose two games in the SEC, that's like losing four. You know, I mean, honestly, that's you, you might as well because you're, either way, you're probably not going to make the college football playoff. The another team, and I know that we're not talking about this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's Notre Dame. That hurts them big time because yeah. they're not even in a conference. They're not even yeah. in a conference, and they've lost two games. Well, and the thing is, the thing that helps Old Miss is I say, well, Alabama's not going to lose two games. Alabama doesn't need to lose two games. Well, may, yeah, they do because they beat Old Miss. So they got to lose two conference games just to get because Old Miss is 0-1. They're only 0-1. Their other loss came to Florida State. However, because that loss in conference was to Alabama, Alabama's got to— they got to lose two games to lose on that side. Plus, you got Texas A and M playing strong. LSU's been kind of there, even though their loss came in non-conference as well. LSU, there's really nothing right now that LSU is doing that is like, whoa. You know, LSU looks pretty good. You know, they lost that first week in a really tough fought game, in mm-hmm. tough game, hard fought game rather uh, against Wisconsin. But there's nothing that's that's coming out to me and standing out to me saying, wow, this LSU team is really good. They still aren't sure of who they're going to play at quarterback. They they really don't know because uh, Brandon Harris uh, didn't didn't seem to work out. Ricky, I texted you over the weekend and yep. I and I said on one of the podcasts, what was it? Just a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know, I'll give him about till week five, week six. They gave him one week. Yep, and he couldn't figure it out, and they went with a different guy. And and I think that right now LSU is is really kind of wondering what's going on. I think they're really wondering what's going on. They're at the bottom of the of the rankings. I, I think that there's other teams that are looking better than them right right now, right now, and that's Georgia. A lot of things are going to be able to. We're going to see a lot more after this weekend's game mm-hmm. with Georgia and Ole Miss, and Ole Miss definitely trying to play spoiler here to Georgia and hand them a loss. Tennessee is another team as well, and Florida, a sneaky Florida team. 
I think that's been playing well. People can say they really haven't played anyone. You're absolutely right. But well, I think Florida that will play someone when they play Tennessee this week. Yes, they're going to have a really good matchup mm-hmm. this weekend, Florida and Tennessee. And Tennessee, they were it was a close one last week against Ohio. But I think really to kind of bring it back, but against the, Ohio, that's the thing. These are opponents that Tennessee. Well, that's what I'm should be blowing. That's out. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think they only won like 28 to mm-hmm. 19. And they almost lost to Appalachian State. Yeah. So. Oh, I think that uh, Tennessee, Tennessee right now, they're, they're a team that's undefeated. Uh, Florida's undefeated. Mm-hmm. Georgia's undefeated. All these SEC teams that aren't Alabama. Texas A&M, too. Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a, a surprise. team that we thought, okay, Kevin Sumlin, we, we think he's losing hold of his grip on this program. Mm-hmm. Clearly not. Clearly not, and that's really good uh, because I, I like to see Texas A&M do well, uh, but I, I think that... That's that is a surprise right now. But going back to the Georgia and Ole Miss game, it's got to come Georgia's, down to the running back. Georgia's going to have to be able to put up points. Jacob Eason's going to be called upon. He threw it fifty-five times this last weekend. Will he throw it fifty-five times again? Maybe, maybe, maybe a little less. But hopefully. Eason doesn't have to because hopefully they're able to open up the running lanes for Nick well, Chubb because if they can't, I think they are going to struggle because I don't think that, and that Georgia is is going to be in a – they were able to come back against a Missouri Tiger team, mm-hmm. but are they going to be able to come back against an Ole Miss Rebel team that can be very explosive, score very quickly, and make you pay? Well, here's the thing I think of, and it's kind of the tale of two losses, I'm going to call it, for Ole Miss when – the Bulldogs are coming in. You see two different ways that a team beat Old Miss this season. How did Alabama do it? Well, you had Hurst through the air. He only threw 31 passes for 158 yards. He completed 19 of those passes, by the way, but didn't score a touchdown through the air. However, on the ground, Hurst beat them hurt with him. his legs. He hurt him. 146 yards on the ground. That's not taking into effect Damian Harris's 144 and one tutty that he has. I mean, I look at, to me, I look at the running backs. I look at what Harris did for the Crimson Tide. Got into the end zone once, almost 150 yards. Then I look back to the Florida State game. Dalvin Cook struggled in that one. He's been struggling this season. Some are asking Jimbo Fisher, what's wrong with the Heisman candidate? Jimbo says there's nothing wrong. But Dalvin Cook was still able to get 91 yards on the ground and in the second half, despite a fumble that should have went in for the touchdown on a reception, still had over 100 yards receiving. So I think Georgia, if they're going to win this game, they got to get Nick Chubb going against this defense because that's, that's going to take pressure off of your freshman quarterback because I think if this gets into a situation where it's a tick-for-tack kind of a game where like Old Miss takes the lead, Georgia takes the lead, Old Miss takes the lead, and it comes down to a final drive down by three or down by seven or down by whatever. I think Jason, e- like Eason, Jacob Eason has said, like he's showed us, is what I'm trying to say, that you know what, this kid may have it in him. But this is a pretty big stage. Like you said, this is a better team than the Mizzou Tigers. And yes, it's going to be on the road again, but. Can he come back again if put in that same situation? That's not something you bet on twice with a freshman quarterback. 
and and I mean they look at they look at Jacob Eason as being a a superstar. They mm-hmm. look at him as being really really good. But he, again, people have to remember he is just a true freshman, but one who is going to be very very good. And I think one who's they've been saying it. I mean he's picking it up quickly. He's learning fast, and for him to be learning each and every week and having to learn really quickly for them to be three and zero, that's really impressive. And I think that definitely says something for this Georgia Bulldog team. But then when you look at Ole Miss. When you look at Ole Miss, I, I think that they're just they're they're very impressive. Being able to see them against Alabama last week, they're a good football team. Mm-hmm. They're a very good football team. Well, they just ran into Francois, who had a Jameis Winston like second half after getting yelled at by Jameis himself, and then they just ran into the best team in college football. Even though I would love to say Louisville is the best team in college football, but they ran into the Roll Tide. They certainly did. They certainly did, and I think that one thing that Georgia's going to have to be very aware of, they have only three sacks on the season, mm-hmm. two of them coming against Nichols State. And Chad Kelly, you give him time, he you showed get what he can him. do, and you have to be able to put pressure on him. And if they can't do that, if Georgia is unable, incapable of putting pressure on Chad Kelly, they're not going to have success. I, it's it's just not going to happen. And, and I think that that's, that's one of the biggest things for Georgia. They need to find a pass rush. Again, only having three sacks on the season, two against one team, I, that's, that's not very good. Also, I think that Georgia has a pretty good secondary. Yes, three touchdowns against them last week, but they also intercepted three passes. Mm-hmm. They've intercepted five in the last two games. That's impressive. So I think that that's going to force Kelly to probably be very accurate with his throws. And I think that that's probably going to mean his receivers have to go out there and help make plays for him. I I, and I think that that's going to be very interesting. I'm very interested to see that matchup, those wide receivers from Ole Miss mm-hmm. against the the cornerbacks and the safeties from Georgia because I, I really think that that will be a good one, especially with the way that Georgia's defense can play. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much of how they played this past weekend, but how they can be. They really can put up some some good numbers for the team because they're going to get a lot of interceptions. They're going to return some interceptions for touchdowns. I'm going to give you three keys, and the way these keys are going to go is if one team does it, they're going to win if the other team's able to be on the other side and make the other team not do this. They're going to win. Here's the three things. First thing it's going to come down to, time of possession. I look at both the losses for Old Miss. For Florida State, Florida State had the ball 42 minutes in that game compared to 17 for Old Miss. Alabama, 35 minutes compared to 24 for Old Miss. So, if the Bulldogs can control the time of possession, boom, you're going to be in good shape because that means, guess what, Chad Kelly is going to be off the field. How do you do that? You get Nick Chubb going. Number two, like you said, force Chad Kelly into turnovers. Force this team into turnovers. Yes, Alabama committed a turnover in their game, but they forced Old Miss into two. Florida State did not commit a single turnover. Even Dalvin Cook, when he fumbled, he got that ball back. Four turnovers for old Miss in that game. So that's number two. Number three, that Georgia defense got to get off the field. Got to get off the field when it gets the third down. 5-11 and 11 was the third down conversion rate 
for Ole Miss against Florida State, 5 of 15 against Alabama. Those three things. Whoever wins the side, time of possession, if Ole Miss can get stay on the field in third downs, and then the last one, whoever wins the turnover battle, those are the three games, and that's how we're going to decide a winner with those three things. So one of the interesting things is the fact that this is going to be the third freshman quarterback that all Miss has faced this season. But this one, Jacob Eason, he's not mobile. He does not move. He's not so, going to get 150 yards like Hurst had. So if the pass rush for Ole Miss mm-hmm. ever thought that they would have a chance to try and go after a young kid, this is the week to do it. Mm-hmm. And let's see how successful they can be. And let's see if the defensive front, pardon me, let's see if the offensive front for Georgia can try and hold them off, stave them off, and give Easton enough time to be able to make some plays. Well, and that just even makes the, I, I'm going to kind of sound like a broken record here, guys, so stay with me. That's why Nick Chubb is the most important thing in this game. Because I didn't even think about it, and that's a great point that you made, where Francois, dual threat quarterback. You have Hurst, can beat you with both his arm and his leg. Eason, Eason's not going to do that. Eason's got his arm, and he's not that mobile. How do you help a non-mobile quarterback out? You get that defense on their heels early by running the ball, getting some different schemes in there to where you're maybe doing some play action, where the defense is, oh, we got to get the running back. Oh, wait, no. The quarterback has the football and can get it out to his receivers or get some rhythm going, get some slants going, get some short passes going. Then when that defense creeps up, boom, that's when you take it down the field to score. The last thing I'm going to ask you with this thing is when we watch this game on Saturday, it's going to go one way or it's going to go another. I'm going to put you in front of your crystal ball, Brandon. How's this game turning out on Saturday? You want a score, prediction, all that? Just Here's the thing. I don't want an actual score because you guys can go and check out our keys of the game video for an exact prediction. You can check out. This is also going to be in our picks video for the week. Just tell me how you think both teams are going to come out. What do you think we're going to – a good game, medium game, blowout? What are you feeling? Well, I, I will tell you I, is, is I am kind of feeling a little bit of a blowout. Uh, I, I think that uh, – here's some keys. For Georgia, you have to slow down the Ole Miss offense. Mm-hmm. You have to get them out of their rhythm. You have to get them out of their rhythm – and you cannot offensively commit turnovers. That will kill you. For Ole Miss, it is Chad Kelly all day long. Protect him, keep him upright, and he is going to have a field day. And that's going to do it. We're going to move on into our next one. But before we do, you guys let us know down below what you guys think of this game, what's going to go on, and who is ultimately going to get the win However, we're moving on into Big Ten country. I I love Big Ten country. These are my games. Last week, I kind of had a pseudo, we had a pseudo Big Ten ACC matchup where, I'm sorry, Brandon, but your Notre Dame Fighting Irish lost to the Michigan State Spartans. I mean, it, it, it was bound to happen. I don't know why you picked Notre Dame last week. Was it, was it a Homer thing? Did you pick them just because you're a fan? 
No, I thought I thought they had a legitimate chance. Uh, you know, we really hadn't seen a whole lot from Michigan State. I think they had only played who who they play Furman. I I, I don't mm-hmm. think that they even played well against Furman. Uh, and twenty eight thirteen was that score. Yeah, they didn't play all that well. So <laughs> so Notre Dame, uh, I I think that they had already they had had the test against Texas, mm-hmm. and I think that. This Notre Dame team is 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 a team that really, at the end of the day, isn't that bad. But they need to figure it out defensively. Uh, but I thought they had a chance, and they came out and and their their defense is going to kill them. Their defense is going to kill them all year long if they keep going like this. They're going to have a lot more than just two losses on the season if that defense cannot get it together. Well, and now Michigan State—they're the team we're going to focus on. They get to come back home, and now they have a. Top 25 matchup set up with the Wisconsin Badgers in East Lansing. And to me, this is an interesting game only because of the last game that the Badgers played. They kind of survived one. They kind of pulled a Georgia Bulldogs against Nickel State. They kind of pulled a Clemson against Troy this year. They kind of pulled a Tennessee against Appalachian State where we were looking at it and it was... 17 to 13. We were watching this game a little bit before we recorded the fast break. Myself, Mike Rankin, and Dave Oster. It was 17 13. I'm sitting there going, holy crap, upset alert. Who the hell is Georgia State? Oh, wait, that's the team that RJ Hunter played for when he hit that three over. I think it was Baylor at the time. That's the only way I knew who Georgia State was. And it took a late touchdown. Well, not so late, seven and a half minutes left to go up for the Badgers, and then a field goal to kind of ice the game. Well, ice the game at 23-17. If you're a Badger fan, should you be worried about that coming into this Michigan State game? Or are you confident in your team to say, that's behind us, we're moving forward? I'd be a little worried. I'd be a little worried um, because it's it's not like you're just going into a, a game against... I, I was going to say I was going to say Nebraska... But uh, Nebraska actually is, has played well. So Let's yes, Purdue. yes, you're not going into a game against Purdue, you know, where it, it's probably not going to be too tough. You know, they might score once, um, but you win forty-two to seven. It's not one of those games. It, it's Michigan State, and you got to get it figured out fast. You know, that's the thing is that mm-hmm. you got to figure it out fast. Whatever it is that needs to be figured out, and whether it's just one of those games where where maybe the you, you just you just weren't fully there, or mm-hmm. it could just be, guess what? Your game plan just didn't work as well as you thought it would. The other team was just actually a little bit better on this day than you thought they were going to be, and they played a little bit above the expectation. That could completely happen, but I think Michigan State is going in to this game on such a high. Now they're now they're 2-0. and they just beat a a ranked and fairly good Notre Dame team, and they were able to stave them off thirty six to twenty eight. I think Michigan State right now has the momentum. Wisconsin is coming into this one off of a a, a shaky week. I think Michigan State actually really has the upper hand in this one. And Tyler O'Connor, he's been playing well for these guys. He's been playing really well for these guys. Over 240 yards and a couple of touchdowns and interceptions this past weekend. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He's putting his guys in a spot to win, and that's what they did. To me, I look at Wisconsin a little bit here, and this game 
is so important because this game starts a absolute... I'm looking at their schedule. I'd almost call it a death gambit. I mean, they've got this game against Michigan State. Then they go to the big house. Then they're playing Ohio State at home. Then they've got Iowa on the road. And then they come back to play a Nebraska team that just beat Oregon. And they look like in Coach Riley's second year that they're taking a second step to being a legitimate Big 12 team again. I don't don't know. This Wisconsin team, like, I worry that if they survive this game, they won't be. I don't think Wisconsin can survive all, what, one, two, three, four, all five of these games. They're going to lose at least two of them, maybe even three of them. Maybe even that fir- those first three because, I mean, in Iowa, if North Dakota State could go in there and win, you can go in there and win, right? I mean, you could make that assumption. But those just take those first three. In East Lansing this week, in the big house next game, and then home against Ohio State, Badger fans are probably giving me the finger right now because I'm writing you guys off, but... This is a tough, like, I wor- I'm not even a Badger fan. I'm worried about these five games. Well, I think the thing with Wisconsin, for me at least, they're 3-0, and but I haven't figured this team out yet, is they, they play week one, and they play against LSU, and they play them tough, and they win by two. Then they blow but, up the but, zips. But, 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 but hold on, hold okay. on, is that they, they, they've been an LSU team that struggled. Isn't all that great this year, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think LSU is all that great this season. So you beat an LSU team, still a ranked LSU team, well, and, and then and then this. Can I pass- say one thing about that LSU yeah, game? Yeah, they play an LSU team. However, your quarterback Houston throws zero touchdowns, two picks. A very Trevor Simeon like performance. If I'm going to relate it to the NFL. Okay, that's what I wanted to say. Go ahead. And then this past week against Georgia State, a Georgia State team that. I don't think is all that great. Mm-hmm. You struggle against them. So I, I think that now you're going to go up against a Michigan State team that you know is good, that you've seen them you know, now in, in, in a game against Notre Dame where, yeah, they're going to hang with a good team and they're going to beat a good team. And Notre Dame is a good team. Well, Struggling, but a good team. But I think that for Wisconsin, this game is where I'm going to really kind of find out and figure out how good is Wisconsin? Well, and it's not just that. It's I mentioned what Bart Houston did against LSU where, yeah, they won, but he threw zero touchdowns and two picks. In this Georgia State game this past week, he got himself pulled from the game, and the backup had to come in. Hornybrook. So right now you're sitting here going, like if you're a Badger fan, you may be sitting, who's our quarterback for this game? That's not good coming into a game where a defense just went up against, to me, he's right now he's the number one pick in the draft, Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, anything can happen from now until the end of the season. But they went up against the best quarterback in college football. Well, second best, Lamar Jackson. (laughs) He's the best in college football. But they went up against the top five quarterback in college football and got the W. Now they're going to play a team that, doesn't really know who they're going to start and are having some questions and a little, not even mid-season competition, a early season competition, which those are the worst competitions. That means you won the preseason competition or the spring competition and you suck so bad that you reopen the door. 
you reopened it. So to me in this one, I, I think that this is I this is might be playing my hand and giving it away. I think this is gonna be a blowout. I think Michigan State's got this game in the bag. In the bag. No contest. Wow. No contest. Well, I'm gonna wait until all the fans they can see in the picks later in the picks video yes i'm not going to give mine away i'll give it away but i do think that this is going to be the first test for wisconsin because guess what these last couple of games Mm -hmm. outside of outside of the lsu game they did play really well wisconsin did play well but then again how good is that lsu team i think that this is the first true test against a good team for Wisconsin. I'm interested to see how they handle it. What would you say is for Michigan State, we know what their keys are going to be. It's going to be the play from O'Connor and then that defense kind of making life havoc for whatever quarterback the Badgers kind of throw out there. For the Badgers, if you had to give me one key to the game, for them to achieve victory, what would it be? Don't turn the ball over. I think that's I think that's huge for them because I think the more opportunities and the more chances that you give to Michigan State to be able to drive down the field and score, the the worse off you're going to be, obviously. So I think for Wisconsin, it is take care of the football, don't turn it over, and don't give them a reason to be able to score when you know you should be driving down the field and mm-hmm. putting up points. Take care of the football. For me, that's Wisconsin's number one thing. Now, before we move on, I want you guys to let us know down below what you got for this game. I I don't think this is a contest. I think that, like we said, Wisconsin didn't play like LSU was ranked. But were they really a good team? No, they benched Brandon Harris, who we mentioned earlier in the podcast. I I don't think they get past it. I think this is going to be the first of a few losses in this stretch of five that they have. They're not going to go 0-5 because they're going to win some of them, but they may go, don't be surprised if they go 1-4, and 2-3 in these next five because I don't see them beating Michigan State, Michigan, or Ohio State, but I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Let us know down below in the comment section. However, Brandon, we're going to move on into our last topic, and this is this is kind of a two-week get-the-fire-starting-early <laughs> for two teams that are going to play, not this week, but I believe it's next week they will play, or their next game they will play, and that is Louisville and Clemson. And Lamar Jackson, this kid has been saying he's been good is selling him short. He has been, as Jim Rome would say, phenomenal. He is en fuego right now. Cannot stay out of the end zone, and he only needs three quarters to beat you. So I'm going to ask you the plain and simple question, Brandon. Should Clemson be scared? Should they be scared of Louisville? Yeah. Yeah, Clemson should be, because I think that you're looking at now, and some people can say they didn't they didn't think that Florida State was all that good to begin with. Well, I I do. I think that Florida State just had a really down game, 
But at the same time, Lamar Jackson took over. I, I think that I think <laughs> that that Louisville just is is that good, and Lamar Jackson is just that good himself. Mm-hmm. I think that that's I think that that's what it is, and and Clemson has already shown that they're sometimes not necessarily in the game, and you know, kind of mopey and stuff like that, and you cannot be mopey against a guy like this. You have got to be prepared. You have got to be mentally sound, mentally tough to take on a guy like this because guess what? Hey. You you might be down in the game, but you're not out. You cannot think that. And I think that that's why Clemson really has to be a little worried because of the fact that— Well, and you that, might hit on all cylinders and still lose to Lamar Jackson. But see, that's the thing. is I, I think that they need to understand, though, too, is that sometimes you, are, you get beat by— you know the better team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't want to think that you're going to lose. You got to go out there with confidence. That's the thing for Clemson. Are they going to have the confidence? Are they going to have the confidence to go out there? I'm interested to see how they do against Georgia Tech this weekend. I'm, I'm I really am. And, and some people would say you're crazy, Brandon. They're, they're going to take mm-hmm. care of business and roll over them. Well. Clemson won fifty nine to nothing last week in a shortened game, and I got some beef. I got some beef about that. I got some major Kobe beef with that. I want you to hold on to that for a minute. Okay, I want you to hold I on I to that for a minute. It's it's a tease. Go ahead, but we teased you. But I do want to say that I I think that Clemson they they really need to now string some games together here. They need to string some games together. They got to win this game, and, and they they need to be ready for Louisville. They got to win. They got to beat Louisville. They do. And what did I? What do you remember? What I said last week when we were talking Louisville, Florida State. What I said about the winner of that game. Do you remember what I said? What the winner of that game would do? Guaranteed it. Put my wiki oh, that, they, that they would go on to be in the uh, champ. Uh, the Not ACC the, championship game? Basically, but I said they'd beat Clemson. Winner this game, uh, Florida State-Louisville, beats Clemson, You know I no can't problem. remember exact things that you said I from say a, week a lot ago. of things. I guarantee a lot of things. I make <laughs> yes, a lot you of do. You make a lot of promises. <laughs> but I got some major beef yes, please. with this Clemson blowing out South Carolina. Who gives a fuck? Because the reason is, as you guys are seeing right now as of seeing this video or listening to this podcast on blog talk radio our top 25 this week for mvp are officially out and if i take you through kind of the insides the inner workings of the beast myself i had louisville's the number one team in the country i gave them a number one vote this week because they impressed me i had bama number two and i know brandon's sitting there saying you're a fucking idiot and he may be right but louisville had him number one brandon was also smart you had Louisville ahead of Clemson. However, and I got into a heated argument with our own Mr. Anderson, Sean Anderson, because in his rankings, he had Clemson ahead of Louisville. And so did Mark. But I didn't get into an argument with Mark about it. I got into the argument with Sean about it. And here's, here's my argument. Sean last week complained that Everyone but me had Clemson way too high because they almost lost to Troy and they didn't play well week one and they're not that good. Will they magically blow out South Carolina State? And boom, 
second best team, third best team in the country. Here you go. Here's your spot where you should be. I say double not so fast on that one. And the reason why I say that is this young Louisville team went out there and didn't just beat the number two team in the country. They demolished the number two team in the country. The best tweet I saw from that game, they said, like the tweet said, watching Lamar Jackson is like when you make a player in Madden and put everything to 99. That's Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. You just put everything to 99 and let him go. And you want to know the better thing about that? Someone replied to that tweet and said, nah, just Michael Vick from Madden 05. That's what he is. He is Michael Vick from Madden 05. That is watching Lamar Jackson on this football team. And with what I saw, what I saw with this Louisville team and how they blew that number two team in the country out, I'm not mad that you guys, all three of you guys, didn't have LSU as number one. Or not LSU, Louisville at Louisville. number one. But I can't, I can't get how, I kind of think Sean's a hypocrite, and I told him this, so I'm not throwing him under a bus or talking behind his back because I said this to his face in our text message. <laughs> I said, you're kind of a hypocrite. You said this to his face yeah, in a text yeah. message. Well, I would have said it to sure, his face if sure. we were talking in person, sure. but... I kind of call him a hypocrite, and the reason why, and I'll kind of talk you guys through it, and Brandon, you can kind of tell me if I'm wrong or if I've got a point here. I think it's a little hypocritical to say, I'm going to knock Clemson for almost losing to Troy and playing bad week one, but then they blow out a shit team that they should blow out, and magically it's, oh, they're above Louisville because they should have blown out this team and that number two team that Louisville played didn't impress me. It doesn't matter. It was the number two team in the country, and they blew them out. All I'm asking is you give them some respect. Give them some respect. I went full Stephen A on him. I said, no respect. He's got no respect, Swanee. No respect. And I know that's kind of a little George Costanza-ism in my voice. I'm very good at the George Costanza. But our... I'm off my soapbox. I just had to get that off my chest. I I think that, you know, it's really hard when it comes to rankings, though, sometimes, especially for specific people when you do when you do your own rankings. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, people get Kirk Herbstreit comes out with his his own top five. I think each week who, who, who he has in the top five people will jump all over him and say, what do you mean? Kirk, how can you have them here? Well. This is what I think. This is how I would go about it. This is what I saw. This is what I like. This is what I dislike. Blah, blah, blah. Here's my top five. This is why I went with them. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. Well, guess what? Everyone's a little bit different. So I absolutely I absolutely see why you would would do it the way that you do it. Clemson beat a nobody. But Sean, Sean, Sean too, can, can, can do his rankings and, and, and say, hey, you know what? I I uh, I didn't like who Louisville beat, so now I'm going to put Clemson uh, ahead of them for for this week. But after this next week, then maybe I look at okay, now who they they played and blah blah blah. You know, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to see you know where he's coming from. I I think that the thing Clemson that- for me Clemson's got to be lower because. Uh, they they just blew out a team that no one knows about, mm-hmm. and people are like South. They beat South Carolina. No, they beat South Carolina's step cousin. Yeah, South State. Carolina State. So I think that for me, Louisville, uh, excuse me, Clemson has to be lower. 
Louisville just beat the number two and, team in the country. Louisville has to be up there higher. And I get like I get that part, and the reason why I just said to Sean, I'm like, this is so hypocritical, is because of last week he's complaining to all of us that we had Clemson too high until I said, whoa, I had Clemson lower than you did, so slow your roll. Um, he was bitching that Clemson was too high last week because they almost lost to a nobody. But then they blow out a nobody, and they're treated like they just blew out Alabama. Like, I didn't get it. When Louisville, like I said, blew out the number two team in the country. I don't care if you were sitting there going, well, they unimpressed me. They unimpressed you because Louisville was so damn good. That's why they unimpressed you. Well, do you remember when Sean was saying how he wanted to have Washington in front of a couple of teams? Mm -hmm. Well, Washington hasn't beat anybody. You can't. Portland State this week. Okay, like I said, you can't put them and jump them over some teams who have beat somebody just because Washington's 3-0 and and haven't played anyone yet. So that's that's where I think it gets hard to, to have teams higher in the rankings, mm-hmm. even though they're undefeated, who they beat. Who they beat. That's why right now we may have some teams that are 2-1 and higher than a team that's 3-0 and because the team that's 2-1 and has played somebody. So I, I think that that's where it starts to get a little tricky and a little mm-hmm. dicey. Um, but... You know, I, I think a lot of people, they think differently when it comes to rankings. And I think that's why each year and each person is a little bit different on how they rank a team. They'll look at losses. They'll look at uh, the game. They'll look at who they had when they played them. They'll look at, um, uh, my gosh, they'll look at location. They'll look at this, that, the other thing. I mean, there's so you know, many things that they will put in when they're looking at how rankings mm-hmm. will go. And this is what we'll end the podcast on. I know that this whole segment was should Louisville or should Clemson be scared of Louisville they should because look at last week yeah I think we both agree on that look at what I've been talking about for the past x amount of minutes with Louisville the one thing I do want to end on since we're getting into this ranking discussion yeah you know what is the most curious thing or it intrigues me the most because you guys send me all of your rankings each and every week I like looking at the bottom the teams that because it's like 20 two maybe or 23 through 25 all of us have different teams like for example some of the teams that only like less than two of us had san diego state only mark and sean we had boise state only sean cal only me notre dame sean had notre dame in the top 25 you had ucla and me, given the only love to the bison, go bison, North Dakota State at 25. Yeah, I thought about putting them in I there for I put them right fun. there at 25. Right there at 25, <laughs> I put the bison of North Dakota State. They beat Iowa. That was a good win. That was a good win. I think Iowa was 13 on our rankings last week and fell completely out of the rankings this week. Them and Notre Dame fell completely out. Yeah. Even though Sean wanted them to sneak back in, they only got two points because... Sean was the only one. Not even you voted for Notre Dame. And no, you're I a Notre couldn't. Dame fan. I couldn't. Not after, not after the two two losses. No. But as we do every single week, before we do it, you guys tell us down below what you guys think should Clemson be scared of Louisville. Also, because we got kind of got into this conversation, how do you guys view rankings? When you rank teams, what do you look for? 
do you look at past weeks or you just look at the week at hand? I would love to know what you guys think down below. But, Brandon, it's that time of the podcast. It's Swanee's final thoughts. Well, I, I think that we could really to, – to the, the serious part of, this, of Swanee's final thoughts, I think, would be – to keep it right on that and and see what you think uh, of rankings. How how do you do how do you do your own rankings? Because I think that that's really interesting. Because I really do feel like a lot of people Everybody's will do different. it will do it differently. And and uh, especially when you get down start to get down into the 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 um, low teens the and, bottom or the, the high high teens. I guess if you're looking at it as like 19 is high teens and then the low 20s and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I, I think that that's really interesting how you guys do that. But then on a more not so serious serious for most women around the world, uh, um, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I heard that breaking today at up, work, breaking up today at work. One of uh, my coworkers uh, came in and well, there was there's a lady that sits behind me and uh, they're the same department of my office and she's like. Oh, I had to tell you, it looks like Brad and Angelina. And apparently Angelina wants custody of the kids because there's rumors about marijuana and drug use being uh, used by Mr. Brad Pitt. Gosh, I wouldn't doubt it. But I, I think that this is really a blow for everyone around the world. because 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 ev- everyone, everyone really thought that this was a couple. That would be a a couple in Hollywood that works. Yeah, it's a Hollywood. It's couple. going they back to work. no couples in Hollywood work. Never. Well, it's all about the business. will. Never. It's all about work. the business in Hollywood. Well, you know, I think that uh, that means. Gosh, that must mean that there's hope for us, man. Yeah, there's there's hope. That, there's hope somewhere that we'll find true love someday, Brandon. Yeah, that we'll find the big L. Right? That's, oh, what we're, they, that's we're, what they call love. We're finding the big, the big L. L. Loser. <laughs> yeah, we got that. But that is going to do it. If that, is, is that all? I, that's that's what I okay. got. That's what I got today, man. <laughs> that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. I want to thank you guys all for listening to the podcast, listening to me and Brian, Brandon. Brian, Brandon. <laughs> Brian Brandon. Brandon. Or Brand Brandon, as I like to call him. I never call him that. Let's no, be honest. you don't. But don't. Let us know down don't below. Start. No, I won't. Uh, let us know down below what you guys think of anything we talked about. Go to hit us up on Twitter at young underscore swan 19 or young swan underscore nine. I screwed up. Young you underscore swan 19. Boom. I see. I had it the first time. I haven't said it in a while. I used to say. Just down in the description. Just look down in the description. Mine's easy, at Ricky Widmer. Go follow us on Facebook. That's down in the description as well. We got an Instagram now. Sean yep. made us one of those, and uh, Brandon's beautiful face is on it, so go <laughs> check that out. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Just another way for you guys to help support the channel. Make sure you we can do cooler things like maybe some remote stuff. I know there's an idea of... Us maybe playing basketball or running a 100-meter dash. But in order to do that, we need lapel microphones, and those kind of cost money. So check out our Patreon. You can get cool rewards for helping the podcast and supporting us. But that's going to do it for Brandon and myself. Thank you guys once again for listening and checking us out. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.